Yes, it is. Good morning. So um, I'm Andrea. I'm one of the elders here at Discovery. And as you guys have heard, today is the first slash second Sunday in Advent, and we're talking about peace. So I'd like to start with a little quiz. What do these works have in common? So we're starting with 1984 by George Orwell, To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee, Harry Potter by J.K. Rowling, and The Magnificat, spoken by Mary, mother of Jesus. What do you think? What have they got in common? They were all banned. Yes. So what is the Magnificat? What is that? It is our text for today. So if you want to pull up um, the text, we're starting in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 56. And I'll fill in a little bit of the backstory while we're doing that. Um, So it comes at a place in Luke's story where the angel Gabriel has come to visit Mary. And he's told her she's going to become pregnant with Messiah. And Mary's confused how that's going to work since she's never had sex. And the angel tells her that God will make it happen through the Holy Spirit and his power. And Mary agrees to the plan. After that, unlikely. Um, She's to her cousin Elizabeth's house, who is actually also pregnant, very unlikely. Um, She's six months into it, and an angel had come to to actually to her husband, saying that she was also going to have a baby. They're older, they didn't think they were going to have kids, and that child will be named John, and grows up later to be John the Baptist. So when Mary gets there, and Elizabeth hears her greeting, she feels the baby, John, literally jump for joy inside her, And she makes this loud declaration of blessing, um, both over Mary and the child that Mary will have. And then here's Mary's song of response. So, and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And then Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. So let's, let's pause and pray for a minute. Lord, thank you so much um, for this community gathered here. Uh, we come in thinking about, thinking about a lot of things, and maybe peace is not really high on the list. Um, it's a really busy time of year. There's a lot going on um, in our community and in our world. So, Lord, please help us to, to settle in and take this time to, to hear what you have to say to us. Please speak to us in this place, Um, give us ears to hear, and just be with us here in this time. Amen. All right, so coming back to Mary's song. This is a song of fierce and tenacious faith, of accepting and exalting God's plan, even as it upsets the, the worldly order of things. And we don't see Mary as meekly obedient, but she's she's fiery and proud of following her God and what he's all about. For centuries, her words have fueled hope and spoken to the humbled and oppressed, to those in need um, or overlooked. And in recent history, speaking of bans, so it was banned, this passage was banned in India under British rule. It was prohibited from being sung in church. 
Uh, public recitation was discouraged, if not outright banned, in Guatemala in the 1980s because it created dissension and hope among the poor under the oppressive government. And then in Argentina, the mothers of the Plaza de Mayo, whose children had disappeared during the dirty war, posted the Magnificat throughout the Capitol Plaza in protest. And in response, the military junta in power banned any public display of the song. So by now you might be wondering, what does any of this have to do with peace? So when we think about it, you know, when we, th when we think about peace, you know, we usually think about like, ah, zen, tranquility, let it all go, still waters, maybe like a reflecting pool. The Oxford Dictionary says that peace is freedom from disturbance, tranquility, um, or no war or war has ended. But the thing is, is that God introduces us to a deeper, more textured, more dynamic meaning of peace or shalom. So in order to meet Mary where she's at with this song, we need to spend some time unpacking shalom. Which, um, and what it means to leave, live in and with God's peace. So, shalom peace is not still waters. It's, it's peace like a river. Waves of well-being. Not stillness, but natural, life-giving movement. So, Tim Keller described it this way. It's multidimensional, complete well-being. Physical, psychological, social, and spiritual that flows from all one's relationships put right with God, with oneself, within oneself, and with others. So, you know, we talk about shalom a lot here at Discovery, and we sum it up as, as right relationships. And this includes many layers or meanings. It means reconciliation with God, peace with others, and peace between parties, socially just relationships between individuals and classes, and peace within. And then there's the, the profound emotional and psychological piece. No matter what's going on and you're just really chill, that's called shalom, shalom. I need more shalom, shalom in my life. So shalom's foundations include right ordering. We describe it as God's justice and righteousness and experience it as unity, that all is right in the world uh, because God has ordered it. So I mean, what I mean is that the world is created in God's order which is way better than anything we as people can put together. And so we're better off when we follow the good, right, and just ways that God has set up for us. But you know what? We don't always do things God's way or live in right relationships. So sin disrupts shalom and, or breaks right relationships, uh, which creates a rupture between us and God. And then all the way, I'm thinking about talking about all the way that things can be not right or not in alignment with the way that God has created. But the good news here is that God set out to heal the rupture and close the gap between us and him. And that's where God's kingdom comes in. So God gives us a promise of restoration. We're invited to the kingdom through reconciliation. He says he makes a new covenant with us and promises to guide, restore, and heal us. In God's kingdom... There is a reversal and deliverance, a restoration of right relationships. And then Jesus is the head of that kingdom. The government of the kingdom is on his shoulders. And he tells us, as we, as we heard, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So at first take, in the word peace, we might hear, you know, lack of conflict, tranquility. 
But when we come from that shalom mindset, like what we just talked about, all the things, when we hear Jesus saying, my peace, we hear my wholeness, my right relationship, my oneness with the Father and the Spirit, my shalom I give you. So we receive shalom. We receive Jesus shalom. We receive God shalom. We're invited back into right relationships in the kingdom. So through Jesus, we're reconciled to God and invite others into that reconciliation. Another thing about the kingdom, not only is it shalom, but it's also not some heavenly, like heavenly, ethereal, God floating up in the sky uh, type of place, but a real here and now expression of God. God said he would make a sanctuary among us, that his dwelling place is with us. And Jesus told us the same, that when we follow him, we live in community with him and the Father. So the kingdom is a physical dwelling place, a physical embodiment. God with us where we are. The kingdom he governs is here in Davis, everywhere we go in our everyday lives. So living in God's kingdom then, we're also called to be men and women, you know, people of peace. Peace fundamentally characterizes our life in the kingdom. So let's have a thing, a look at the things that you do with peace, huh? So you seek peace, you pursue peace, promote it, give peace. Uh, we, we are blessed with peace. Leave peace, give peace again, preach peace. And obviously in all of this, we're receiving it. So notice these are all active words. Peace is not something that just like floats around or a state to be attained, but it's something you actively engage with. Peace is dynamic. So now that we got our footing here, now we can come back to Mary and think again about her story and her, what her story and song have to do with peace. So when you put on a shalom mindset, where do you see peace here? Glorify the Lord, rejoice my Savior, humble state of his servant. Um, the mighty one has done great things for me. Mercy. He has performed mighty deeds with his arms. Scattered those who are proud. Brought down rulers. Lifted up the humble. Filled the hungry. Sent the rich away. Helped his servant. Uh, merciful and keeping those promises. So what do you think? What I see is a reliance on God's right ordering and a restoration of right relationships. I see expectations to see God's kingdom here in the world, and I see dynamic movement flowing in. So, turns out this is already audacious statements. I mean, she's like, scatter the, the proud, bring down the rulers, send the rich away empty, lift up the humble, the hungry, the lowly. I mean, it sounds upside down, but when you think about it, the fact that Mary is saying any of these things at all is upside down. I mean, she has no business making these kinds of statements. She is a single, unmarried, pregnant, young, probably like early to mid-teens girl from like a small and insignificant town. But she is declaring that worldly power and influence come and go, nations come and go, wealth comes and goes, but God's path of peace stands firm. And I think what's most powerful about Mary's song and about her in particular singing it, is that it says that in God's kingdom of peace, everyone belongs. And not only does everyone belong, but the outsiders, 
those of low status and the overlooked are the ones who get lifted up. And peace flows especially to those who need it in the restoration of right relationships in the kingdom. And that includes us here today. I mean, like we mentioned, this time of year is hard for a lot of people. Uh, there's our expectations for the holidays. We're all thinking like Norman Rockwell. And then you look at your house and you're like, oh. <laughs> so there's no comparisons of what you have in mind to what is actual reality. Um, there's family dynamics, there's financial concerns, there's academic stress, there's finals, there's just like the chaos of life, um, of which I am an expert. You might be in a place where you're feeling shalom is far from you, um, struggling with concerns or challenges. And I just want to remind you, you are included and you are who this kingdom lifts up. So, when you're in a place where you're feeling caught up or overwhelmed by whatever is going on for you, Mary reminds us there is an endless wellspring of goodness for all of us, especially those who need it most, because that's the way God is. God's love is it's uncontainable, unconventional, reckless, unfeeling. It will tear down walls and division, and it will restore, it will restore peace, shalom. So hearing Mary's impossible story and song help us to remember God's dream for us and his creation is better and better than anything people can come up with. And you know what? Maybe God's up to something way bigger than we can even imagine within the realm of possibility, not just theoretically, but here and now. So what does that look like for us to live into the promise of God's goodness, to take up our place in God's kingdom of shalom and be that embodiment of peace? Like, what does it mean for us? So, St. Francis prays to be made an instrument of peace. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there's doubt, faith, despair, hope, darkness, light, sadness, joy, um, may I not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as understand, to be loved as to love. For in giving we receive, in pardoning we are pardoned, and in dying we're born to eternal life. So thinking about St. Francis' prayer, I notice the dynamic push-pull of peace. We identify where God is not, oh, that, that's not God, or that is not what God is about, Hatred, injury, doubt, despair, darkness, sadness. And when you see it, flow into that place. Be peace like a river to those around you. As image bearers of God, we bring God and his peace into that place. And so ways this might show up in everyday life. So when I am looking for like, you know, a little unconventional wisdom or unpolished truths or novel insights, I ask for input from my kids, and they will give you a lot of unpolished truth. So, wait, like they suggested, I asked, I, I told them the whole thing about what this is all about, and I said, well, what do you think? What does that look like to you? And so here's their suggestions for ways that we can participate in Shalom. They said we, can, we could help people make better choices, okay? We can share what we have with people who need it, Sounds good. And we could let a homeless person stay in our house. Now hold on to that one. I'll come back to it later. So other places where I saw peace at work over the last month, so as I was getting ready for this, I started, you know, 
picking up the radar, seeing what there was, um, just around, right? Because the, the whole idea is it's everywhere. What does it look like? So sometimes it's just showing up for someone or making time for them. Like for instance, my mom was recently out here. She's, she lives in Wisconsin, so she's out here visiting. And she spent the weekend with a good friend while she was here. And that, that friend's husband has actually been deteriorating medically and, and had a worsening in his, in his condition that weekend that she was with her. And her friend was in a place of concern and anxiety and peace flowed into that space just by having someone there to ease the loneliness. Um, I recently spent the better part of a Tuesday engaging in learnings around, you know, small cut comments and microaggressions, which are like things can, that, that can be small hurts individually, but they cause cumulative damage over time. And so in this, I saw God's peace at work by building greater awareness, um, wanting to understand where others are coming from, and wanting to find ways to support healing and wholeness, both in individuals and the community. Um, I saw caring for those who need help here in town. Um, there's a fundraiser that started this month for, for a community member here in town with ALS, and they set a goal of $65,000 on the 12th. Um, and then as of last Thursday, 335 people had come together not only to meet that goal, but beat it by $11,000. So, right? Woo! <laughs> yeah. So, recognizing a place of need, flowing into that to bring hope and love builds shalom, right? So, it could look like anything. There are countless opportunities for us to partici participate in peace every single day, everywhere we go. We just got to tune in for them, right? So, we might miss it. You know, maybe we're trying to find something that seems like godly enough to count, um, we might, and we might not see it. So I'd like to encourage us to, to reimagine our kingdom reality. It's bigger than Sunday morning. It's bigger than neighborhood good communities and Bible studies or other church or even Christian activities. I mean, those are good. Don't get me wrong. Those are good. But there is more. We're also living in the kingdom and bringing God's peace when we're at work, when we're in class, when we are grocery shopping, um, with our friends at home. Everywhere God is, everywhere you are, his kingdom is there too. So if you're wondering if something could be an instrument for peace, just ask yourself, you know, hmm, does this increase shalom, you know, whatever it is. When we think back and when we think about how we participate in peace, it also helps to notice what barriers hold us back. So coming back to the kid's idea of letting an unhoused person stay in your house, um, you know, to be honest, I am not planning on starting up a shelter, nor am I, you know, putting up any folks in my living room, but it did get me thinking, why was I so quick to turn the idea down? I mean, it came so naturally and matter-of-fact to my seven-year-old Alex's mouth, and totally unfiltered, as they do, and I'm, in my mind, I'm like, what? Give a stranger, like, the run of my house? I'm not sure that's, like, all that safe. And then I started thinking about how crowded even one more person would make our already snug home feel, how cramped it would get. I immediately thought of, like, the drawbacks, the discomfort, like, the, that could never work. But the more I thought about it, I could see, like, the basic idea underneath. Help somebody who needs it. Be willing to be generous to the point where it's, why not think outside the box? Hey, my little guy's already doing it. What other ideas and possibilities am I automatically filtering out?
So oftentimes, we hesitate to let go of our comfort zones or overwhelmed by everything we've already got going on or we talk ourselves out of it. We might hesitate to share our treasures, you know, whatever we hold close, not just money, but maybe things like control, reputation, um, how does that, social capital. Um, for me, it's my time. I am super hesitant with my time. So we might, and the other thing is we might not even be in a place where we feel we can even go there to think about giving peace. I mean, like, come on, I'm way, I'm feeling too down, too distant, too undeserving, too anxious, too angry, whatever, or just plain empty. So I just would invite you to take, take note of those things. That is okay to be where you are. And just invite God into those spaces and see where God takes you. Um, and then one more thought for anyone who's struggling like in this time. We are people of peace for you and with you. We are here for you. So ways that you can connect or recharge, um, ask for prayer, pray, for, pray with someone, um, talk or just get together with someone, um, try showing up to any of our neighborhood events, you know, just sometimes that social connection can help. Uh, I encourage you to take time for self-care and set thresholds when it's time to step away or take a break because restoration is, there is restoration, you know, and break and Sabbath. So, and the elder team is always here. If you, for whatever concerns you might have, you're always here, feel free to reach out. And if you could use a hug, I'm here for that too. I'm a hugger. And so if anybody, don't even have to tell me why. I, I will be happy to, to give you a hug anytime. So as we wrap up, um, I just want to leave everyone with a few words of encouragement. Imagine recklessly, dream God-sized dreams, and let God work his peace in you, in you. And in your everyday surroundings, be the embodiment of peace to others. So when we participate in small ways, God can make big things happen. It doesn't, God doesn't need us to show up in order to move but in his kingdom, we get to be part of that movement. And in doing so, we get to experience his healing and restoration, his shalom for us and for our world. So I'm going to invite the band up here, um, and we'll take communion. So there's a couple tables throughout the, the theater here. This one down here has got the gluten-free options. Um, and then there will be folks available to pray with you. Um, and it, I just want to leave you with these questions um, to hold. Is Where do you see God working for peace in the places that you go? In you, in the people you know, on your street? And how might you participate in that um, as a person of peace in God's kingdom of shalom? So I'm going to pray real quick. So Lord, thank you so much um, for this time together. Thank you for helping us to reimagine what it lo looks like to be, to be people of peace in your kingdom. Lord, as we go out into the world, um, please be with us and help us to just reimagine where are the places where we can flow with you, that we receive your love and that we give that to others. Um, thank you, Lord. And uh, yeah, just be with us as we, as we move in your kingdom. Amen.